Would you all join me in prayer as we begin our message for today? Lord God, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, for gathering us as your people to worship you, to learn from you, Lord, to study your scriptures, and the invitation that you give us daily to come to you, to see you, and know you, and experience the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray today that you would speak to us through this passage, that you would invite us to come and see and experience you more deeply. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week, Pastor Andrew kicked off our sermon series for this fall called Joining Jesus on His Mission, which is a book by Greg Finke. I looked it up, and that's how we pronounce it, Greg Finke. And this book is a really great book that I actually read years ago about how Jesus invites us to join him on a mission to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to those around us. And a little bit of feedback there, sorry. Um, Yes, if you haven't yet, there are books in the lobby. You can pick it up and grab those and take a read. I mean, read it. It's a really great book about how you are invited. You have a calling by Jesus to join him in something beautiful and magnificent here in this world. And in order to join Jesus on this mission, we first ourselves need to understand him and who he is and come to know him more on a deep level. And we need to understand his mission. And so in John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says this. He says, I am on a mission to bring abundant, flourishing, full life to people here on this world. And that begins by bringing new life to you, to each one of you. He longs for you to have a full life with him, not a life here on earth that is full of shame or guilt or anger or fear or sadness, but one that is full of his love, his forgiveness, his hope, his trust, and knowing his promises that he has for us. And then he invites us to join him on this mission in sharing or overflowing what we know to be true about who God created us to be with others. He invites us to tell others to come and see what Jesus has for them. Last week, Pastor Andrew looked at Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, which says, We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This means that this mission that we are called to is not something that we have to formulate or create, but it's something that God's already done for us. And more importantly, Jesus invites us to go on mission with him, not for him. Just as Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he promised that he would give them the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is with us, is dwelling with us, is on mission with us. And he promises to never leave us. We just need to be ready, tuning our ears tuning our hearts, surrendering our minds to God daily so that everywhere we go and everything we do, we're doing it for Christ, to proclaim Christ, to make him known in our own circles of influences, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our families, and to infinity and beyond. (laughs) So Greg Finke, in his book, poses this question. What is Jesus inviting you to notice, believe, or wrestle with? What is he inviting you to do? 
And so when Jesus draws you to him, what do you notice about him? What do you believe to be true about him? What do you believe to be true about yourself? What are you wrestling with as you come to know him more? And then what is he inviting you to do with what, what you know about God and that experience? This is where I want to focus on today, is where is God inviting you, and what is he inviting you to notice and to do? So the question I have for you then is, what is the best thing that you've ever been invited to? In our world today, we are bombarded with all sorts of invitations, good things and not so good things that we're invited to. We have social invitations to come and spend time with people. We have sales invitations to come and check this out and buy it. We have party invitations. Pastor Andrew and I have had lots of weddings this summer and this fall, and so we've been to lots of weddings. We've gotten lots of invites. And, um, or birthday parties or special events. We get invitations in the mail to sign up for this or check out this person, this candidate that's coming up in our election. And we also get relationship invitations, like friendships, dating relationships, even marriage. Our lives are full of invitations to various opportunities and missions and experiences. When I was a kid, there was always so much excitement when I would get handed an invitation to somebody's birthday party. And I remember my friend Katie, her birthday parties were always crazy fun, and they always had a fun theme to it. I remember one year when Titanic came out, there was a, a Titanic-themed birthday party, and I'm pretty sure we played Pin the Iceberg on the Titanic, and in the punch there were ice cubes shaped like boats, which maybe was a little morbid, I don't know, but um, it was the big deal that year. The, the Titanic was great. Um, but being invited to that party, wow, did I feel special. And I felt that I had someone who really valued me and saw me as a friend and wanted me in their company. Um, so it was always fun being invited to her parties. And then as a teenager, it was always a big deal when someone would invite you to hang out with them. Because when you're a teenager, the people you hang out with and who want to be with you create a sense of belonging, right? And so when my friend Kelly would invite me over after cheerleading practice or on the weekends or after school, it was always like, wow, she's the cool kid and I get to hang out with her. And then I remember how sad I was when that friendship faded and was no longer invited to hang out with her. As an adult, I've received many different invitations, some of those that I've already just listed, but one of the most meaningful invitations that I've been given was into a relationship with Andrew. Now, when we first initiated our, from friendship to actually like, okay, we're a couple, it wasn't like, hey, do you wanna go out with me and be my girlfriend? It was like, okay, we're already like pretty much dating, let's just make it official, but, like, okay, yep, and then we went to McDonald's, and yeah, so, but, but then um, the real invitation came when he got down on one knee and said, I invite you to be my wife. I invite you into a deeper relationship and a marriage that will last forever, and of course, I said yes to that, so here we are today, but another kind of invitation that we get is a spiritual invitation. And this is one to come and see what Jesus has in store for you. This invitation, it's not a one-time social event. It's not an invitation to check out Jesus and buy into what he's offering you. 
It's not even just a simple friendship that you just hang out occasionally. It's an eternal one. Our relationship with Jesus is an eternal one that lasts forever. So the invitation that Jesus gives us to follow him and join him on his mission in the kingdom of God, it's not just this earthly one-time invitation, but one that never ends. It's forever. It's a forever relationship with him all the way into eternity. And when I was a kid, that word forever and ever and eternity and never end kind of scared me. I'm like, wow, that's never, ever, ever, ever going to end. And our relationship with Jesus Christ is never, ever going to end. And he invites us to be part of that. So this is what I want to look at today, is this passage um, that was read by um, Joel earlier from John chapter... It was John... No. I messed that up. John chapter... No. I'm off. Sorry. Here we go. The mission of Jesus is what I want to talk about first. Is, um, so this mission that Jesus is on comes from John 3, 16, 17. There's verses all over the Bible that can tell us the mission of Jesus, but I think this is the main one, which is that, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus is on a mission to... accidentally muted that. There we go. Jesus is on a mission to redeem the world, to offer flourishing life to all, and unfortunately in our world today, when it comes to finding a full and flourishing life, we often look to different things, like politics, money, celebrities, our jobs, maybe specific people that we put our hope in, and we forget that all of those mean nothing without Jesus. We will not all of a sudden have a better and more perfect life with Jesus in it, but there's hope. Christ Jesus gives us hope in everything. And that's where we find forgiveness of sin. We find re redemption from shame, from guilt, from fear. So Jesus is inviting us to surrender our lives to him and come to him to find forgiveness and love. All right. So, we're going to look at our scripture passage that Joel read for us earlier. Um, that's in John chapter 1, and that's, if you want to pull it out, on page 1,647 in your pew Bibles. Um, I'm going to reread a little bit of our um, text from John today. And I love this passage from John because it's all about invitation, about inviting you to come and see an experience what God has for you. So you can pull that out if you'd like. Um, in the book of John, there's a lot of things that are happening in this first chapter alone. Um, the apostle John, not John the Baptist, but one of Jesus's closest disciples, um, is believed to have written this book. And he wants to make sure that anyone who reads this knows that Jesus is the true Son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the one that was prophesied about, that Jesus is the one that they've been waiting to come. And so then Jesus comes on the scene, and John the Baptist points out, look, it's the Lamb of God. We've been waiting for him. And then Jesus begins calling his disciples. And so we're going to begin with the story of Andrew and Simon Peter and pick up in verse 35. It says, The next day John, this is now John the Baptist, 
was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed him. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he said, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. So, this story of Andrew, it starts out that Andrew was actually a disciple of John the Baptist. Um, He followed John the Baptist around, and um, then John points out, Hey, look, there's Jesus. He's the Lamb of God. So Andrew and another person, they approach Jesus, and they, they're like following him around. This, I mean, that would be a little weird, right? Just turn around, and there's people following you around. And, and Jesus says, come, come and see. Come and see who I am. Now this phrase, to follow me or come and see me, can operate on two different levels. The first one is to like literally follow someone around, you know, follow the leader, go where I go. The second can be, a spiritual one, to come and see me through the eyes of faith. So Andrew does both. He follows Jesus, literally, and spends the day with him, but then something happens, and we don't know that little detail in this story of what happens during the day when he's spending the day with Jesus, but what we do know is that something amazing must have happened because Andrew gets up and is like, the first thing he does is he runs to his brother Simon and says, I have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah, which means spending the day with him. He came to see Christ through eyes of faith. And then in his excitement, he went to Simon and invited him to come and see what Jesus offers to him. And a powerful moment takes place. Simon Peter comes to experience Christ for himself, and he's given a new name. He's given a name that means rock. Wow, that is a calling, a mission that began when Andrew invited Simon to come and see Jesus. And then John, this is John the Baptist, who was sent to testify about Jesus, um, began this journey of invitation. He says to Andrew, look, there's the Lamb of God. Andrew goes to experience Jesus. He has this incredible moment. So he goes to Simon and says, come and see the Messiah. And so Simon comes and experiences something powerful with Jesus. Do you see a pattern happening here? The invitation to come and see, to come and see, experience Jesus for yourself. So we're going to keep reading then now with the story of Philip and Nathaniel, beginning at verse 43. It says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We found the one that Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, Philip said. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. 
Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So again, we see this invitation to follow me, to come and see unfolding before these disciples. So first, Philip is called by Jesus to follow him. Remember, not just literally, but come and see me through the eyes of faith. And then he has an experience. Again, we don't know what that experience truly is, but something happened when he went to be with Jesus. And there's an excitement there. Philip now knows, ooh, this is Jesus, the one we've been waiting for. This is the Messiah. So then he goes to Nathaniel, and he's like, I found Jesus. We have found the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, the one from Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then Nathaniel, he responds with this comment about, like, what good can come from Nazareth? And he's skeptical. He's unsure because um, during that time, Nazareth was not viewed as a, a place of high esteem. It was not a place where they would imagine someone uh, as great as the Messiah would come from. And then, instead of arguing, instead of belittling him and saying, why didn't you believe me? He just says, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come experience the Lamb of God. And so he invites him to come and see the Christ. So here's this pattern again. See, Philip brings Nathanael to Jesus, and something happens again with Jesus. Jesus reveals that he knows him. He sees him as a man of great faith before even having a word with him. He knows him. He even says, I saw you under the fig tree. And that sounds a little odd, like, well, was Jesus just walking by and saw him sitting under the fig tree and thought, hmm, I'm just going to have you know, Philip go and get him, and then he's going to come back. Like, I don't think that's actually what's happening. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Maybe Philip and Jesus had conversations about Nathaniel, but he knew him in his heart and in his life when he came to him, and he said, I know you. I saw you. Come and see and experience me. And what's interesting is how this passage ends, because Nathaniel does acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah, but this invitation of come and see isn't over then. It's an invitation to more. It's only the beginning. And Jesus says, just you wait and see. He compares this um, idea of the angels descending up and down from heaven and earth. And this goes all the way back to the Old Testament when Jacob had a dream and saw angels descending and ascending from heaven to earth. And it's like Jesus is saying, I'm closing the gap. I'm bridging the distance between heaven and earth. I am the way in which God is making, making himself known on earth. And so when he tells Nathaniel, come and see, he's saying, just you wait and see what you're going to experience when you follow me, when you put your faith in me and come with me. Just you wait and see. This invitation to come and see is for every single one of us to come and see and experience Christ and then when we experience him in his goodness and his love, to then go and tell others to come and see. And so my takeaway for you today are these things. First is that Jesus is up to something. 
whether we know it or not. Um, he's up to something in you. He's into, up to something in the lives of those around you. And right now, he is offering you eternal life, a life with him that has meaning and purpose and a calling. And then also, Jesus wants us to pay attention. If we're going to be able to follow Jesus into the next adventure that he has for us and for others, we have to pay attention. And I'm not sure what that looks like for you in your neighborhood, in your workplaces, whether you're coaching or at a sporting event, um, sitting on the sidelines at your kids' games and practices in the evenings, in your own neighborhood, or might even be something as simple as the grocery store, where you have an encounter with someone and you have the opportunity to say, come and see what Jesus has for you. I invite you to give your life to Christ. And then lastly, take that step, that risk, that step of faith, and invite others to come and see Jesus, to experience him for themselves. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this story, this story of truth that when we come and see you, we experience you in the fullness of who you are, God. I pray for each of us that we would step forward and renew our relationship with you and come and see you and experience you, especially in this time of worship as we pause and reflect on the words of who you are and who we are to you, God. In this next week, would you put the people in places around us where we can step out in faith and invite them to come and see and experience you for themselves. In Jesus' name, amen.